Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Thank you for having another listen, guys. Just before we get into the show, just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products in lunchrooms, reception desks, and they are in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price, and as the largest direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power, and without the overheads of a shop front, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, if you want to take a look at this, the link will be below in the description, but guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the show. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a reaction and a thought process of the first two games at opening round of the NBA. Guys, Two really, really good games, I thought. I thought the Warriors-Lakers one was the best out of both of them, but we will talk a little bit more about that. But let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's get straight into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, guys, back for another episode. I was very happy with the level of basketball that we got this past two games. It was a really, really good, really good opening round for the NBA. It's been, you know, it's funny because last season I was interested in the NBA, but not as interested as I am now. And I think it's just because of the the rush season and it didn't really feel like a season. But once the playoffs got back into it, I was really excited. I'm just really excited right now to watch the start of the season. I'm really interested to see a lot of these teams. You know, there's a lot of teams that are going to be really, really nice. But we did get probably the two two of the best games to start the season. First, I'm going to talk about the Bucks and Nets. My first thought and reaction, I didn't get to watch all the game. I was going to watch it from the start. I had to go to the dentist today, get my teeth fixed up. And I was going to watch it from the start, but... I just didn't want to, and then when I hit from live, I hit it from eight minutes in the third quarter, so I didn't really see the first half. I probably will go back and watch a little bit more highlights, but my reaction from that is Brooklyn Brooklyn looks good. I don't think Brooklyn looked bad at all, but I just think that people, and I'd never underestimated the, the Bucs because I still think they were going to make the conference finals, but at this point in time, the Bucs are still the best team in the East right now, and I think it's, it is a bit interesting to see how people still don't believe that they're that good. You know, a lot of people just will say that they, oh, you know, we said that this good, this good. But a lot of people are forgetting, you know, a lot of people are forgetting that they won the championship. And Giannis, it's crazy. He looks so, it looks 5 to 10% better. 5 to 10% better. But what the craziest thing stood out to me is he caught the ball on the three-point line and he caught it, hesitate, I mean, um, jab-stepped, one dribble, dunked. And there was two instances where it was just, it was like, it was like a guy that's playing under 14s that's like six foot. Six foot one, and everybody else is like five six, five seven, not even. What are you going to do? You can't guard him. Like he's probably, I reckon, a lot of people are like, oh, Katie, he's the hardest guy to guard. But I think Giannis is the most just unguardable. Like there's, there's nothing you can do. Like the brute strength, power. He is right now the the version of Shaq. Like you just can't stop him. There's nothing you can really do to stop him. Like he gets to his spots anytime he wants. And same with KD. But mate, oh. I was so impressed with Giannis, just the way he was able to get better and better, you know, because he just won the championship, you know, and there wasn't a massive break in between, you know, the championship and him playing in this first first couple of games. So I was really impressed with him. I really liked what he did. I think at the moment he is the favorite for the MVP if the Milwaukee Bucks keep going the way they are. I think that they're going to lose a little bit more games than anticipated just based on the fact that they know how, what it takes to win a championship. They know the blueprint. And there was a funny stat, I mean, an interesting stat. Mike Budenholzer hasn't played, I think it was last year or the year before, didn't play a player on his team over 29 minutes. 
And what that shows me is now in the back end, that's why Giannis is so durable. That's why he rarely gets injured. You know, last time, the first time we ever really saw him injured was, you know, this previous playoffs against the Atlanta Hawks. But he's very, very durable. And for a guy that has a lot of miles on his body, a guy that takes a lot of uh, hits, a lot of physical, you know, abuse, he is really, really strong still. And he's still getting better and better. And we're just seeing Pete Giannis. I do believe right now that the Bucks have gotten better as a team. They have gotten better. The acquisitions that they've done are low-key, but they've got added George Hill, a person I really like as a player. I think he's super smart, super reliable. You know what you're going to get from him. It's kind of like a Toyota Camry, you know? He's always going to get the job done. He's never going to break down in you. He's always going to be reliable. And that's all you need in a backup point guard. You need someone super reliable, especially when you've got Giannis, especially when you've got Drew Holiday as your, as your starting point guard. You know, you just need a person who can get the job done. And I'm really impressed with him. I also really like Pat Connaughton, but there's one player I'm really happy to see getting minutes, Jordan Nora or Jordan Noara. I'm not too sure how to pronounce his last name. There has been different pronunciations. I'm super high on him. I really, really like him. At 6'8", 6'9", can handle the ball, can shoot the ball. He's going to fit in this system, and I really like the potential he's got. And let's not, remember, let's not forget, Bobby Portis didn't play today's game. Now, he is a player that will be of massive impact for this team. And Drew Holiday went down with a right heel contusion in the game. So I just think that although Brooklyn might be the deepest team and LA might be a deep team, you don't need the deepest team to win championships. Milwaukee played eight players throughout the finals on the regular and won the championship. So they know their rotation already. And I think Milwaukee is still going to be a team in the buyout market that players are going to look for. Because at the end of the day, why wouldn't you want to join a championship caliber team and try to compete with championships? And if I have someone like Giannis on my team, I already feel 10 times more confident, you know, and it's because he's won and he's done it the right way. He's done the organic way. So I'm super impressed on the Bucks. Flip that from the net side. I don't think this is a bad thing for them. Sorry, pardon me. I don't think this is a bad thing for them at all. <clears throat> Sorry, pardon me. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. I just think that it's going to take time to get all those players back into rhythm. And I think, you know, you got LaMarcus Aldridge, you had to medically retire, he's coming back. Paul Millsap needs to fit into the system. Paddy Mills looked really, really good. I think he was he was at seven he was at one point seven from seven from three point line. So he's giving you really good production there. I'm not too sure what he ended up on, but he's giving you good production. But they're just gonna figure out their rotation. They're six, they're seven, they're eight, they're nine players. And I think Steve Nash is a smart coach, and what he did at four minutes, he looked at the game, he analyzed it, he said we're down about twelve to fifteen points. I can't remember off the top of my head. He put these bench players on. And he said, you know what? Let's wipe our hands. Let's take this L, but let's learn from it. And I, I, I don't mind that as a coach. Obviously, as a player, you want to go for the win every time. But you've got to realize there's 81 more games in the regular season, and they're in the market to win a championship. So I think he realized, look, let's just lose this game. Let's take it as a reality check where, look, we can get beaten. We're not the best team in the NBA yet. There's still teams in here that can beat us. And I actually think it's a good thing for the Brooklyn Nets. I also want to see them have James Harden a little bit more pick and roll with Nicholas Claxton. I think that looks a bit dangerous. And I think James Harden, I, I, I think offensively, he's one of the hardest guard, players to guard. He's one of the most offensively gifted and scoring out of anyone in the NBA. You know, Him and KD might be the best, pure scorers in the NBA, like like in the sense where you put them on street ball, they'll dominate. They just kill. You know that's 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 the, that's their mold. You know he, they're street ballers. You know in a sense they can just go play anywhere. They can hoop anywhere. But I just think that he needs to be the point guard of this team because he's probably the player on this team that has the best vision, the best hand, just the best 
court vision, and they don't really have a true point guard on this team. Because Kyrie, at the end of the day, he's more of a two. Especially with James on the team, he would be the point guard. So I'd like to see them use a lot more point guard. And yeah, I know they use him as point guard, but he needs to really direct it. And then he needs to get KD to his spots. And I would love to see KD come off off balls and kind of implement what they did in Golden State with KD. You know, and KD flourished in that role. That was peak KD for me because he was in a system where he could go and get 30 points within a system. And you kind of forgot that he was getting 30 points a game. So I would like to see him implement a little bit of that. And I know Steve Nash was at Golden State with him. So I don't doubt for a second that they might look to do that, you know, in the future because James Harden can pick up any system. Paddy Mills can pick up any system. So I just think, yeah, I, I think that's that's a take from me. And especially if you're a Brooklyn fan, you would you would like to see KD not be as strenuous and just let him get the basket where, ball where he wants it because at the end of the day, he's unguardable. He is unguardable too. He's probably, I think, the best scorer in the in the world right now. I think he's the best player in the world right now, and Giannis is second. So I would like to see him just go out and dominate. Go out and get 30 point, points off 12 to 15 shots because he's very capable of that, and don't give him too many minutes. Just make the game easy for him, and if you make it easy for him, it's going to make it easier for your team. So those are my little intri- in- intricacies on the first game. I still think that at the end of the day, this is going to be an Eastern Conference Finals matchup if everything stays the same. But if... I think Brooklyn, no, not uh, Milwaukee, were plus 600 in the betting odds. And if you like a punt, like my old mate Barnsley, uh, I wouldn't mind putting a bit of fat on them because I think they're certainties to be in the conference finals. And right now, I would take them over Brooklyn right now in, in, a, in a conference final series, best out of seven. Because we know Brooklyn can score, but they can't really defend right now. They don't have a defensive identity where Milwaukee does. They got Drew Holiday, they got Giannis, you know, they got all defensive players. Chris Middleton's no slouch. And I, I'm taking the slander off Chris Middleton's name. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now. And that's going to be big. You know, a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I like what he does. Soul Assassin gets the job done. He's a player that I am building on. And you never know, you might see me in a Chris Middleton jersey one day. I actually really, really like him. I like his personality. I like everything about him. But that is my thoughts on the Eastern Conference game. Now I want to move on to the best game of the day. And I just want to play something for you because at the end of the day, I was right. I had my bet right. One to ten Warriors. Just have a little listen to this. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. Mate, the Warriors, I am telling you, if you don't realize now, this team is built to beat teams like the Lakers. They are a team that is going to be trouble in the Western Conference. Now, what I will say, the Lakers looked decent in spurts. I, I'll give them that. I'll give them that, that they looked decent in spurts. But, mate, Golden State just should not... I don't think they should have won it. You know, first half, turnover after turnover after turnover. They didn't play great, but you know what? They were down by four points. Down by two points. I just don't... I don't understand in the Lakers' sense where this is a game you should have put to bed in the third quarter. You should have put them to bed. You should have strangled them. But you just kept letting them, let them have a sniff. Have a sniff. And Jordan Poole, I didn't think he had a great first half. I thought, you know what, the hype might get to him. But he really turned that game. You know, he turned the screws. And he really got it going. He, he, he hit about two or three three-point shots in that third quarter that really energized them. And they went on a run without Steph Curry. Because at the end of the day, 
I don't care what you say. Steph Curry didn't not have a good game for his standards. I know he got a triple-double, and that's not easy to do, but he wasn't shooting the ball at a high clip, and a lot of his shots he was getting were hard they were hard shots. You know, I will say Kent Bazemore, great job. You did a very good job on Steph Curry. I think it's one of the best defensive performances I've seen on Steph Curry in a long time, so I'll give you kudos to them. But I just think Jordan Poole really started it, and I really, really like the minutes of Bielitsa. Nemanja, that's it. Nemanja Bielitsa, I really like the minutes of him. Fourth quarter, when the game was in the balance, he was there making plays. Now, he is a player that can not just shoot it, he can put it on the dribble, and he makes right decisions. And there's no shock to me he's going to be a player in their rotation because he's a smart player that can read the game well. So I really like what he did. I also love Juan Descano Anderson. This guy, if you don't understand, this guy's kind of like a Caruso-type version for the Warriors. Now, I know he's not you know, super flashy and he hasn't had the brilliance of him, but he gets the job done, works hard, plays bigger than what he is, and I really like that. And for me, I'm going to talk about the Warriors because I just love doing it because there's so many positives to take out of it. The fact that they've, they're this good without Clay, without James Wiseman, without Kaminga, it's dangerous, for the, it's dangerous for the West. And if you're a Western Conference team, you will have to go through either Golden State or LA to get to the Conference Finals, in my opinion. And I think the Warriors are very, very deep. Now, another player I haven't talked about, Moses Mooney. When he came on, he looked really good. He looked comfortable, and it didn't look like he was scared at the moment. That's a big thing for me. you know. And Kaminga didn't, didn't play. He was in street clothes. I'm not too sure about the injury-wise, but he didn't play. But you know, you add Kaminga in there where he gives you instant energy. This team's dangerous. And I said it before. Sometimes not having Wiseman on the floor is a positive for them because they can play Warriors basketball. And Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, he knows the type of style to play. And he didn't play heaps of minutes, but he started. And he did a good job, I thought, if you ask me. I think he did a very good job. And I just think the Warriors, as a whole, are a team that have a lot of upside brilliance. And I don't know if they'll get 50 wins. I don't know that. I'm not, I'm, I'll, I wouldn't put you know a 1000 bucks on it. But I'm telling you, when Clay comes back, and they're going to wean him in. They're going to bring him off the bench, I reckon. And I reckon they're just going to slowly build him up. They are going to be a team that no one will want to verse in the Western Conference playoffs. I'm telling you, they are locking in top four seed in the West. And I think if they get third or second, and they don't have to verse the Lakers in the second round, they will make the Conference Finals. I am very strong on that. I do believe that. And I believe... Steve Kerr showed his coaching brilliance when he when he realized that the Lakers didn't really have anyone to stop Steph Curry. They had Ken Bazemore. I, I did say he did a good job. But what they did was he got him on the dribble, and they made him pass it, kick it. And he got his players in right situations. Andrew Wiggins hit some big threes. Otto Porter hit a big three. Jordan Poole hit a big three. And you know what? The sign of me of where Steve Kerr was a very good coach and a great coach, if you ask me, Jordan Poole was very shaky, but he didn't really take him off. He let him play through his mistakes. Now, as a coach, that's sometimes hard to do with your players, but he knows and he believed the brilliance and the trust and the talent of Jordan Poole, and that to me is a sign of a great coach. So I'm very, very impressed with Golden State. I know the biasism is real. But at the end of the day, you can't discredit Golden State because they played super great. And I think right now, they are one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA. And they're a team that can beat the Lakers in a, in, a, in a series. I'm sorry. Now, flipping it onto the Lakers right now, 
you know, a lot of people are going to overreact to this. And a lot of people are going to overreact, especially to Russell Westbrook. Now, for me, I don't think, obviously, he didn't have a great game. Let's, let's get that out of the way. But I don't think that he can't fit on this team. Okay? And Charles Barkley, I think, had a pretty good point. He said, play Russ with the second unit. That way, he's the, basically the man again. Right? Everything runs through him. And let him be that type of guy. Because at the end of the day, he's not better than LeBron. And he's not better than Anthony Davis. So he's obviously the third fiddle there. How many times have you seen Russell Westbrook as a player play third fiddle? I don't think he's ever played that, to be quite honest, especially as being an all-star caliber player. So that's going to take a lot of time for him to get used to. But if you play him with the second unit, start him, of course. Don't bring him off the bench. Start him, but then stagger his minutes with the second squad. Now he feels like the man. And then he's going to have that confidence in-game, and then he's going to be peak Russ, and then he can finish games with LeBron, with AD. And I think that's the way you get it. I still don't... I don't think that it can't work, but I think there is a equation and a, and, a, and, a, and a possibility to make it work away. And I think Frank Bogle needs to find that way. And I think it's a pretty smart option. Use him with the second unit. And and sorry, don't play him with Rondo. Because I know Rondo hit maybe two threes this game, but they're probably not... They're not great shooters at the end of the day, and you can't really play them like that. So that's, that's my take on the Westbrook situation. I do think it can still work. I know the pod father, Bill Simmons, says that he probably doesn't see it working. And I, I understand, I, I, I believe his... His, his arguments for that reason, but I still need to see you know a, a 25, 30 game sample, and then I can make my my judgment because I still think Russell Westbrook can acclimate because at the end of the day he's got LeBron there and LeBron wanted him there because everybody says Rob Pelinka mate, LeBron wanted him there he gets there you know what I mean like the, apparently the Buddy Hield trade was a done deal and then it wasn't a done deal you know connect the dots there so that's my opinion on the Russell Westbrook take another take I really liked. And this is my opinion. And I thought that the Lakers should have signed him at the start of free agency. And it and, and it and it it didn't didn't annoy me, but it 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 left me a bit stargazed and just a little bit da- a little bit dumbfounded, that's the word, of why they didn't sign him. Avery Bradley. Now I know he didn't play a lot of minutes, but when he came on at the fourth quarter, he looked like that guy that fits with LeBron, fits with A D, fits with Kent Bazemore, you know, a defender that is at a supreme level. Now, two years ago when he was with the Lakers, a lot of people in the NBA circle said he was a top five defender in the league. And I just I I'm not I'm I, I just can't believe that it took him this long to sign him. Now I think he's gonna be in the rotation for a long time. I think he's gonna be on the team for the rest of the season. I love what he does. I love his edge. I love that he can go out and defend the best player, but he can also shoot the ball at a pretty decent clip. And I think LeBron and AD are comfortable playing with him. And that's a big thing thing for me. And I don't like the fact that they were playing people like oh, Malik Monk that just he's not gonna fit on this team for some reason. I, I just I just feel that. And I hope I'm wrong, but it just I'm not too sure. And he should fit because he's a pretty decent three point shooter and he's a slasher, but he just didn't fit. And I just I, I think Avery Bradley needs to start games. I think maybe you know, I, I did like Ken Baysmore starting, but maybe you start Russ, Russ, Bradley, LeBron, AD, and whatever the fuck they're doing with DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard starting. I don't get that. I would be starting Dwight at a premium, but I'm not too sure. I think Avery Bradley needs to get if he's not starting, six or seventh man. You know, come off the come off the rotation, come off pretty pretty fast. 
I like Avery Bradley, and I, I'm a fan of him, but I'm a fan of the system that he can fit in LA. And that, and they looked better when they had him on the court. I just think that it's it's an easy decision. Now, I will say that LeBron is looking very good. And this is the theory. This is what I'm going to say. The reason why the LA Lakers won the championship last year, 2020, was because of coronavirus. Now, what you and you might say, what do you mean? So the season was playing, and then there was a two- to three-month gap. LeBron, as an older player, got to rest, right? But he also got to train his body and acclimate it to what he needed. He only needed to go in the bubble for a two, two to three-month run. So he acclimated his body to that. He trained for it. He trained hard. And that was a massive plus for me, right? And now we look at it. This past season, they get bounced in the first round. So now LeBron has a long, long time to recover. He looked fast. He looked fit. His jump shot looked clean. He looked like a better shooter sometimes than Steph Curry. And I think he made more jump shots than Steph Curry. And I definitely can tell you that he's not a better shooter than Steph Curry. Don't think in that sense. But I really liked, you know, the level that he's still playing. And the way I would say, say, you know, who's the best five players in the world right now? Currently, I'm going KD, Giannis, LeBron, Steph. I still think Steph's so, is so hard to guard. A lot of people are putting Luka in that five, and I love Luka. Don't get me wrong, but I think at the moment, Jokic still needs his respect. I still think Jokic needs that respect, and, and, and Luka will be in that top five in the next two to three years. But then you think about it, you got, you got Harden, you know, you got, you got all these players, Kawhi went healthy. So I still think at the moment, Jokic does need his respect, but it's just so dangerous, man. It's so dangerous, LeBron, right now. I think this, the way I'm getting back to it, I'm sorry, I got on a tangent. The, the 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 reasoning that he's looking fresh is because he's had this time off, and then you got to realize too. First time he got to LA, doesn't make the playoffs, gets a massive break. It adds up to why they won the championship, and I think this is going to be a good thing for LeBron to come out and said he doesn't want to rest. I'll believe it when I see it. I think he might get injured, and I'm putting that in quotation marks. He might get injured throughout the season. But I just think that he's looking really good. He's looking really fit, and he's looking focused. And a focused LeBron means a successful team. I don't care what you think. LeBron is still one of the most influential players in the league, and he's the second best player in the world uh, player ever. So that that's just my take on LeBron. But guys, that's my first you know official thoughts and opinions on the first two games. All right, let's not get it twisted. I still think these teams are maybe the four best teams or the final four teams to end in the NBA, and put me on record, I think Golden State, they are kiddies. They are kiddies. And I've been saying this for a long, long time, and I'm not bandwagoning, but mate, put some fat on the Warriors, because they would have shortened up today. If they balloon out a little bit, guys, I'm telling you, Soldy's pick, put the fat on Golden State. I'm telling you. Guys, thank you for listening. You'll hear a little bit more about our socials, in this outro right now but guys thank you thanks for listening to another episode of the lanes podcast make sure you like share and subscribe all the content that's coming your way hit us up on instagram at lanes media underscore all under capitalized letters thanks for listening guys but most importantly have a great day